Now you may be thinking over the past few weeks we've spoken about how effective video and social media can be in driving customers into your pharmacy that in-store marketing's not really required anymore. But nothing's more effective than face-to-face events. And we have the queen of events, Kim Hesse, who's going to share with us today how we can create our best pharmacy events Ever. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 71. Massive show today. We've got some great feedback I'd love to share with you from last week. Time for a check-in with you, and I'll talk about my virtual week, a little bit more on that in a moment, and a huge announcement regarding an upcoming event later this month that is simply not to be missed. I know you'll absolutely love it. And of course, how you can create your pharmacy's best event ever. And I don't say that lightly, because that's actually the title of Kim's book, Best: the, How to Create the Best Event Ever. I know you're going to love it. And we've got the Transformation Motivational Quote of the Week coming your way. It's great feedback last week from uh, last week's show with Jules Blundell from Video Buzz. And um, if you'd love to join uh, listeners like Adam, uh, who's also receiving a complimentary copy of Jules's book, and a surprise from me that he doesn't know about just yet. G'day, Adam. And uh, get a copy of Jules's book, Capture More Customers with Video. Then join Adam in leaving a comment in the show notes at robertstar.com forward slash episode 70. Now, as I shared with you in last week's show, I was presenting at the Evernote Meetup here in Melbourne. Uh, We had about 200 people come along and we're talking about how you can become more productive and get more out of your day with Evernote. And uh, to my great surprise, I managed to bump into a fellow pharmacist at the event as well. So that was fantastic. Always chuffed. And, um, you know, we had a great conversation after the event. But I promised you that I'd share with you what I'd learned from the event because uh, there were some uh, great Evernote people there who know a lot more about the product and probably use it in wider ranging circles more than I do. And it was great to hear how they're using it. Uh, but also I thought I'd share with you um, for listeners who perhaps haven't listened all the way back to uh, the earlier shows. I think it might have been episode all the way back episode three, uh, when I spent a lot of time talking about Evernote, about how I use it and also how it can benefit your pharmacy as well. And I thought I'd just spend a couple of minutes uh, showing you that because it's just a tool that I absolutely love and I use it every single day without fail. So how I use it, and um, also I'll share with you the new features uh, for those advanced listeners amongst us, um, is that it's essentially my second brain. I use it to capture ideas, thoughts, information. Everyone always asks me, when do you get the time to plan the ideas and the show? Well, it's actually all the time. Um, I'm always thinking about things that I'd love to share with you. I'm getting questions through social media, and I document those inside Evernote and uh, create um, create the show essentially in Evernote uh, because I can piece that all together. And it's got amazing search functionality um, that you can discover information 
application and call it up anywhere, anytime. And uh, it's primarily used as that repository for me. I'll take it out of there and I'll usually plan or build a document uh, using Google Docs uh, in the Google App Suite, which we've spoken about previously. Um, but I'm almost nearly paperless, thanks to uh, Evernote as well. Uh, with the great help of Shoebox over the past four years, you may remember back to um, episode, ooh, it was in the 30s, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, where I caught up with Simon Foster from Shoebox, their managing director. And uh, we spoke about how um, transitioning to paperless financial document flows can save your bookkeeper and potentially yourself up to 90% of the data entry time in transitioning your financial information from invoice all the way through to uh, accounting ledger. Um, but the other side of it is that it can also scan non-invoices as well and business cards. And uh, that's how I've done it. Over the period of four years, I've sent them an archive box about once a month and I'm almost paperless. I'm actually just looking at my last three archive boxes now. Um, for those listeners who uh, weren't aware around APP, uh, we, we have a promotional code from Shoebox that they've kindly left open for all the show listeners and also the magazine readers. And I'll put a link in the show notes there as well if any of you are interested in getting started. Um, they offer a kickstart, uh, which basically means you can probably send them four or five boxes to get you started. And then um, you can uh, do it uh, each month as you go as well. You'll probably also find that you get rid of a lot of stuff too. So it's actually very useful. Anyway, I promised you my pharmacy tips. So the pharmacy tips is using it as a filing cabinet. Now, please do not use this for patient information. It is not secure enough to hold patient information, so please don't. I know I mentioned in last week's show that I would record patient notes using the voice dictation on my Apple Watch, and that's only from a temporary standpoint. I'll immediately delete it from there, and generally, I won't actually mention the patient's name. I'll use their initials um, so it's de-identified as well. So please be careful and don't put any patient information there. But use it for meeting notes. I love using it for that, uh, for human resources resources and for staff communication uh, when you're having chats and uh, you need to document all of those things. You can even insert the templates that you have from quality care into them to be able to digitally record them. And also for supplier meetings as well. We often have meetings maybe in the cafe around the corner from the pharmacy. And, uh, you know, it's a great place to record that information. And, of course, when you put it in Evernote, you can easily share it out with uh, the most appropriate team members who are going to be collaborating with you in and around that supplier, particularly in the past of uh, documented deal information. So when we've been talking about generics and things like that, um, it's been a great place to actually store that information so we can link it together with other documents that we've prepared previously as well. Training information, great repository for that and you can share that with your whole team as well. So again, put all of your training information from the paper form into the digital form and you can access that anywhere, anytime from any device. And product information as well, really good. If you've got mobile devices in your pharmacies, iPads, iPhones, it's a great idea to have that app on there so that if you are talking to a customer and you need to look up product information that you can't find immediately on Google or it might be something that you've got stored, you can very easily pull it up and refer to it without having to go out the back and pull out the folder and uh, make all that hoo-ha about it for the patient and make it seamless for them. And one little 
Uh, easy trick that I've started playing with even in around the house is actually to use QR codes um, and actually link the Evernote share link uh, to those QR codes. And what I mean by that is that's really useful for products. So like a printer in the pharmacy, a computer, often sometimes when it breaks down, it's like, where's the manual? Okay, we'll go to Google and look it up. You can do that too. But sometimes there are some older pieces of machinery that we have in the pharmacy and we shouldn't, but we do. And uh, we need to look up up the, uh, the manual very quickly. And again, that's a really good opportunity to actually put that into Evernote. And you can always record the URL in there as well. Uh, so if you need to go to a website or anything like that, but if you wanted to scan that manual, put it in there, it'd make it really simple and easy for you to pull it up. Uh, some of the features that we spoke about um, at the event was the Evernote Clipper. So when I'm researching information, whether it's been for a presentation for the show, it's uh, you can install that in Safari, uh, Internet Explorer, well, they're not really doing Internet Explorer anymore, Firefox, um, Chrome, and you can clip any web page just like you would if you were cutting something out of a magazine or um, out of a newspaper and pasting it into a scrapbook. You can do that digitally through Evernote Clipper. Uh, business cards we've spoken about previously, and I'll put a link in the show notes for use at conferences and also for notebook capture as well. <clears throat> Sometimes it's not always appropriate, I find, to take digital notes during a meeting. So I actually do have a moleskin handwritten notebook um, and through a partnership they have with Evernote, you can use uh, the document scanner camera in Evernote to take a picture of that and it makes your handwriting searchable as well, which is really, really cool. So anyway, enough about Evernote. I could talk about that for a long time. Very passionate about the product. Very, very useful for me and certainly for a lot of colleagues I've spoken to this year. So how's your week been? Um, has it been a good one? I know we're right in the tooth of winter and again, you know, typical cold and flu season. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, during this week's episode uh, with Kim Hesse around how you can become known uh, as the community authority for these types of things and particularly cold and flu. And we'll give you some great examples of how you can plan an event around that. But my week, as I might have alluded to at the beginning, has been very virtual um, as all of my meetings with colleagues and clients um, have been online uh, via Skype, which is a, a very new thing for me um, to be 100% online this week, but um, sometimes it rolls that way. But nonetheless, fantastic sharing virtual cups of coffee with colleagues and also uh, with a couple of upcoming guests. And uh, the highlight of my week this week, um, and I don't say that lightly because I was meeting with some fantastic pharmacy owners and guests coming up on the show, but this particular gentleman, and I'll introduce you to him, his name's Jeff Green. And he's going to be appearing on the show next week, but I don't usually talk about next week's show until the end, but I couldn't help myself this week because he is the author of The Smart Business Exit, and he's a business strategist specializing in creating strategies for building high growth businesses and maximizing its value on exit. Now, you might be thinking, for a pharmacy and technology show, what on earth has this to do with technology? Well, as a motivated pharmacy owner listener, you do know that technology can help your business become more efficient and create a better patient experience in a scalable and sustainable manner. But more importantly, as Jeff will share with you, it helps to boost the value of your business and makes it more attractive to buyers when you come to exit, which is extremely 
extremely important for everyone. And uh, to really nail this issue, I've twisted Jeff's arm, um, and I guess <laughs> as politely as I could, and he's been very obliging, I do have to say, and we're going to run a very hands-on or as close as possible webinar, which is going to cover three key themes. So how you can improve the valuation of your pharmacy through income streams, systems, and technology, common traps when selling your business and how to avoid them, particularly when it comes to technology, and becoming sales ready. What if someone tapped you on the shoulder today and wanted to buy your business today? I know you're absolutely going to love it. Now, before you ask, because Jeff is a kind and generous bloke, we are able to offer this to you all for free. All you need to do is register by the following link at robertstar.com dot com forward slash business exit webinar. I'll put a link in the show notes and it will be a transformation lunchtime masterclass held on Friday the 31st of July at 12 p.m. And now that's Australian Eastern Standard Time for our international uh, viewers and listeners. Um, and capacity will be limited to the first 100 registrants. That's going to be a technology thing. Uh, but we will also be making a replay available to any registrant who can't attend. I know a pharmacist's lunchtime is highly variable. Over my experience, I've had lunch anytime between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. Uh, so I don't expect that everyone may be able to join us at 12 p.m., but that's why we're going to do the replay as well. And whether you're starting out in pharmacy ownership or you've owned for many years, you need to hear the strategies Jeff recommends for you to implement to ensure that you own the decision to exit rather than waiting for it to own you. You'll have the unique opportunity of asking all the anonymous questions you want. None of your colleagues will know that you're in attendance. We've done it deliberately this way. I know that when I start these masterclasses, I tend to get very interactive with the audience and welcome everyone on the uh, webinar. I won't be doing it for this one because I know it's a sensitive topic and not everyone wants to talk about it, wants to be identified they're talking about it. We're going to do it this way. So you can do that from anywhere at any time, obviously at 12 p.m. on the 31st of July, but Jeff will also be offering an opportunity to send through questions afterwards as well if you happen to miss the live webinar. And he's going to be offering a special offer on his book, The Smart Business Exit, for everyone who attends. So as I mentioned earlier, Jeff will also be appearing in next week's show to introduce you to his methodology and his strategies. It's absolutely not to be missed. As you can tell, I'm getting pretty passionate about this because it has a very personal relevance to me, and I'll share with you next week as to why that is as well. So today's show is brought to you today by Audible. So for you, the listeners of The Transformation Show, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I'm listening to The Second Machine Age of Eric Brynjolfsson. I hope I've spelt that or at least said it in the right way and Andrew McAfee at the moment, and you can download this or another audiobook by simply trying audible.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes. And the link is audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. So don't forget to do that after this week's show. So in recent weeks, we've been talking a lot about video and social media and the importance of telling your pharmacy's brand story through digital conversations that you're having in, not in person, but you're doing that 24-7. But as you know, these strategies to bring more customers to your physical store and experience is what 
to experience what you have to offer is so important. And there's no better way to showcase this and stamp your authority as a health hub in your community than through events. And if you're savvy, you can capture this all on video and share it via social media to drive even more customers in store as well. Now, I know we've all run events at one point in time in our stores, and Kim will share with you today how you can maximize your return on your time invested and how you can run successful events for almost nothing. I know you're gonna love it. Plus, Kim has offered a special listener bonus of access to 16 videos that will help you in planning your next event. Very, very short videos, new topic each time, and you can implement immediately. I know you're going to love it. And to get all that, head across to the show notes at robertstar.com forward slash episode 71. I know you're going to love it, and I'll see you on the other side. Our interview today is with Kim Hesse. She's affectionately known as the Queen of Events. She's the founder of Venues to Events and helps business owners run the best events ever. And hey, she wrote the book, That Was the Best Event Ever. Kim Hesse, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thank you. Excited to be here with you today. Oh, fantastic to have you, Kim. And I know from a lot of chats that we've had uh, with uh, with colleagues over the last few weeks, we've been talking about each other's flu clinics and uh, how they've run and different events that we've been running in our pharmacies. But uh, also, I guess in more recent times, we've been talking about social media and uh, things that we can do to promote our businesses to our local community. And uh, um, having had the pleasure of uh, you and Venues to Events helping me with my book launch last year, I couldn't think of a, a better way of uh, promoting uh, our pharmacies through events. Oh, well, thank you. That's a uh, that's a nice introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, Kip, why are you so passionate about events, and I guess, why do you see it so important for small businesses now? Yeah, it it is. I mean, when I first started in the industry, I mean, I I went to university and I studied science and was doing chemistry, and I uh, I fainted during a rat dissection actually, and decided it was maybe time for me to take off that uh, white lab coat and find something different. And and when I started, you know, events wasn't a, a huge industry; it wasn't offered as a university degree, and it's something that's I guess always sort of come naturally to me. I'm a, a bit of an organizer, a bit of a planner, and as I've sort of you know got into the industry over the years, events is a lot more than, you know, red carpet and cocktails and all, all the glamour that sometimes comes with them. They they connect people and I've seen them, you know, first-handedly sort of build our business, build our brand. You know, we have a better connection with our clients, we're, we're making more sales and we're just sort of, you know, seen as industry leaders because we're putting on events and, and bringing the industry together. Yeah, look, it's it's really interesting, and I, I guess in the in, in the modern world right now, we can never feel more disconnected sometimes with the technology that we have at our fingertips, and that uh, you know it may just be uh, I guess easier for people to communicate with each other through digital means, whether it be through Twitter, Facebook, um, SMSs, or WhatsApp, or anything like that. But uh, I guess that person to person connection is something that uh, we may have lost, um, and uh, we're perhaps a lot of people looking for too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these days it's it's so easy to send an email or, you know, connect with people on Facebook that we're sort of losing that face-to-face, especially in business. 
Yeah, and, and I guess I, I wonder sometimes because, uh, you know, our, our typical uh, customers in pharmacies are typically baby boomers and, uh, you know, they are now seen as the largest adopters of social media as well. So maybe we've got it wrong. Maybe they don't like the uh, the person, the person experience. But uh, I guess, you know, we're, see, we're seeing now, um, you know, I guess different types of events in as much that they can be virtual. But uh, at the same time, as, as we're seeing in, in pharmacy, is uh, it's, it's been typically, a, a business of ours that uh, people have always had to come to us uh, because of our location, our opening hours and uh, convenience and, uh, and see us. Um, but, um, you know, perhaps when in their in-store experience, they only see a certain portion of what we can do and uh, perhaps an event, uh, you know, along the lines of a number of things that I know we're going to talk about today, um, you know, could, I guess, better position ourselves as that local primary health authority. Yeah, Absolutely. So I guess, um, Kim, what have you seen, I guess, in, in small businesses that have really embraced um, events well? Like, how, I guess, how have they done it? And I guess, what kind of outcomes have they seen um, when they do it really well? Yeah, good question. I, I think a lot of the time when people hear the word event, it, it seems big and it seems overwhelming. But to me, an event can be as small as, you know, 10 people around a boardroom. And I think sometimes that's when you get the most interaction and connection with people. And so businesses that are, are starting off small and having smaller events, it enables you to build on it. And the benefits are that you're positioning yourself as a thought leader, you're able to share valuable hints and tips with your community and it, it sort of has a flow and effect from the first event that you do. Um, it, it, it flows from there. Yeah, it, it's, I guess it's about, you know, creating that momentum and I suppose, you know, over the, over the journey we've all done events in some shape or form in, in our pharmacies and, um, you know, they may be, uh, you know, just something very simple as a product testing where a supplier may come into the pharmacy and, uh, you know, for example, offer up a, a zinc test to see how people are deficient in zinc and whether they might need a supplement um, and, and that tends to be a sideline to our, 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 our general um, general business, um, but I, I guess um, in terms of how you've seen like some small businesses do it. Well, if they if they made it a core strategy of theirs, um, you know, there might be some examples that you could share um, that um, you know have seen. I guess the experience that the customers had with them has uh, I guess been brought all brought together um, by that event. Yeah, I, I guess maybe I'll. I'll sort of use us as an example. I mean, we started off small using events and bringing people together to, like you were saying with, with the zinc test or something like that, bring people together for, for a purpose. There's something that's valuable to them and bring them into the room and share that information. And from there, they they feel a sense of community. They're they're welcomed into your business. They get to meet you face to face, which I mean, sometimes as a business owner, and maybe even with the pharmacy owners, like your customers aren't seeing you face to face either. And so they come in, they learn some information, and it, I guess it's the old rule, you know, you you do something wrong in business, and you know they'll tell. Um, heaps of people and you, you do something right and you know what I'm finding people are sharing that more and more these days as well. 
And are you finding that with any particular groups of um, of people? Is it the uh, younger ones, I guess, the digital natives that, uh, you know, I guess have grown up with social media? You know what? It, it, it crosses over, over genders at the moment. Uh, events to me are are the forefront of marketing and it, they're one of the biggest marketing tools that a business can be using at the moment because it focuses on that the human connection that we all need so much. So it's crossing over, yeah, lots of platforms. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I guess you, if you give people an experience that they haven't had anywhere else and it's and it's one that was meaningful to them and it's connected them to something that was important to them and it may be, you know, the ability to, you know, if you're in a, in a city pharmacy, how to prevent cold and flu so that you don't end up having those extra few days off work uh, through the, te- the teeth of winter, um, you know, something quite quite useful for them. And, and I guess... Um, Kim, as well, in in terms of, I guess, the events that we've seen in pharmacies as well, a lot of our pharmacies have um, beauty categories and we've run um, VIP nights where we've had uh, cosmeticians come in and we've had, obviously, some competitions around that and and quite a bit of hype. So pharmacies are pretty well, uh, you know, entrenched in running some events. But I guess what I'd hope that um, a lot of uh, our listeners can take away from today is that I guess how they can, I guess, maximise um, their efforts um, in being able to create, I guess, more successful events that, um, you know, not only just add to the uh, the glow and the polish of the business, but, um, you know, I guess it, it get, repositions them as, um, you know, if they are in a crowded space and they've got a lot of competition of other pharmacies around them, really helps them to uh, stand out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what a few tips on sort of, you know, making making those events maybe a little bit better yeah, look, and I guess just bring, bringing the um, the community together because I guess there's so many things that um, happen in, in our communities around different, um, I guess, um, health topics and events that it involves often um, um, medical centres and allied health and uh, perhaps even community groups as well. Um, so I guess in terms of, um, you know, having the event and, and bringing the uh, community together, um, some tips that you might be able to share with us. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, I guess to me, the I often see this, and and one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they when they hold events, especially business events and seminars, is really sort of I guess missing the point as to why people will attend. A lot of the time, we think we have a great event, we have a great idea, and we have a great speaker, um, but you've got to put yourselves in in the shoes of of the people who are going to come along to your event and say, well, actually, why are they going to give up their time? Because we're asking them to block out time in their calendar, get in their car or walk to the event, find parking and the whole process is is taking, you know, sort of three or four hours sometimes out of their day. So what's that real draw card? Why are they going to attend your event? Yeah, and, and I guess it comes it comes down to I guess you know the, I guess the relevance and also the um, I guess yeah like you said the the purpose of um, you know I guess what what people are going to get out of it is it going to be um, you know I, I guess a way to I guess give themselves a, 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 a different look if it's um, a beauty event um, or understand or I guess experience a different service um, you know a lot of our pharmacies run in store health clinics 
clinics. Um, so they may be seasonal, so it may be relevant to, I guess, sun care in the, uh, in the, in the summer season and also doing uh, skin checks as well. Um, blood pressure is quite a common one when we tie that together with um, Stroke Week, which runs uh, usually through uh, May. Um, so I guess there's a whole lot of themes. And I guess, you know, like, like you said, it, it's, it's bringing, it, bringing it together in terms of, uh, I guess, an, an immersive experience that, um, you know, they'll be able to, I guess, walk away with and, um, I guess, really understand the uh, connections in um, how they can get the best outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you guys are in a really great market. I, I did a video just last week on the number one uh, mistake people make when they do their event invitations. And sometimes you see, I guess, a generic title to an event like, I don't know, for example, you know, come and have a zinc test. And what we want to do is really appeal to people's pain points. So I kind of say it's like, you know, you cut yourself and you're bleeding and you go and get that Band-Aid as the solution because you need that Band-Aid to stop it. What I want people to start thinking about, you know, when they're running events, like what's the pain point? What what am I target market? What are my guests going to read and go, oh, I need to attend this event to solve my problem. So what What's that Band-Aid? So they're almost drawn into your event uh, to come and get that information that they need. I think that really hits hits a great nail on the head there because a lot of uh, our events sometimes may be too product focused or too brand focused um, and that may just be because of the very nature of how that event has evolved in that uh, a cosmetic company has approached us to say would you like to run an event for us uh, in store and we'll, we'll give you some dollars and we'll give you some ability to promote it but yeah it probably then doesn't really connect to the, the reason and the why a, a customer may want to use it. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, co- cosmetics at different times have played different roles. Um, I guess in the Great Depression early in the 1900s, it was to make people feel good during uh, very tough times. Um, so it's probably about finding, I guess, the, the, the broader theme uh, rather than just focusing on an individual product. Yes, Absolutely. It's got to have that draw card that makes people almost need, they need to attend. Yeah. And I had, um, as you probably well know, because uh, I know he's a colleague of both of ours, um, Tim Reid from the Small Business Big Marketing Show on uh, our show um, late last year. And we're, we're talking about um, creating a, um, a health hub for um, pharmacies um, in as much that, um, you know, if you come into a new community, you've just bought a house in a community, you just know that that pharmacy is going to be the place you've got to go um, to find out all things about health and that. May be from finding the the best physio. It might be finding uh, the the local chiropractor. Um, if someone's got diabetes, they're often quite dependent on quite a number of people in the in the health community. It might be an eye specialist, a podiatrist. So I guess in terms of you know bringing these things together, they sound right really big events. Um, but I imagine that you know. As you as you probably you might agree you may not um, it, um, you know these partners that we're talking about here in helping to position the pharmacy as the hub you know they are looking to I guess promote themselves and be part of events as well so what would be I guess your your best practice of approaching partners like them to I guess help us put on events and it might be something like a health expo yeah great. Um, 
partners in events are so important and you know what at the end of the day they can actually save you a lot of money i i run events and i fill rooms with you know 450 people and we don't spend money on advertising we do it through partnerships so here's a couple of hints that uh, your listeners hopefully um, can walk away with when i'm looking at event partnerships i ask myself just two simple questions and number one is who do you want in the room? So who's your ideal target market? So, you know, that local community who need to come into the pharmacy. Who And then, so that's question one, who you want in the room. And two is who else has these people on their database or who else is talking to those people? And you have to obviously make sure that they're not a competitor because we don't want to partner with our competitors. But like you were saying, Rob, like the the local, you know, health practitioners and, and the physios or, you know, anyone else out there who is talking to the local community about their health and well-being would be a perfect event partnership. Yeah, and, and and I think and I think it uh, you know it adds to the uh, the weight and <clears throat> the overall vision of wanting to I guess position ourselves as the as the I guess the the destination of you know where you need to go to find your way through sometimes a very complicated primary healthcare system and you know we often when we're unwell uh, just really want to find a simplified journey to good health and you know it could help to strengthen that by I guess knowing that the pharmacy is working in partnership with a lot of these um, complementary organisations and uh, you know, I guess there's different ways that they could be um, contributing as well um, you know in terms of not only promoting the event um, but um, you know perhaps even as as content um, partners as well and that they may want to um, come up and talk at your event as well and um, I guess you, know, you might be able to share with our listeners, Kim, but you know, what, what would be um, some tips that you could recommend in terms of managing speakers at events if they're not just um, internally internal personnel? Yeah, this is a really powerful area, I think, where you could go to someone and say, hey, would you like to be the keynote speaker or sort of, you know, the, the go-to person within your industry and come and present at our event? And then for them, they want to be able to talk in front of the people in your room. So a lot of the time you can do a partnership and say, hey, if you come and speak for free, then you'll be promoting your business in in front of a target market, in front of our audience. And then it also gives the audience, so for your pharmacy owners, like all of their community, it gives them a really great reason to come and attend because they want to see this, you know, professional speaking about maybe it's managing your diabetes. And then you're not paying for a guest speaker, but because of that guest speaker, it's actually drawing people into your, into your pharmacy or into your event. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely, you know, again, you know, it means that, you know, I, I guess the way I see it is that, you know, we're not having to, I guess, have to tick all those boxes ourselves. And, and I think in the past, we've we've just looked at these events and thinking, well, we've got to do absolutely everything um, in terms of, you know, making sure that we're, we're prepared, we've got our presentation. Um, and, um, you know, obviously, we've got to keep reminding people, putting the promotional leaflets in the bag doing the local area um, advertising and I guess maybe um, you might you might be able to um, I guess validate my thoughts is it is it that you're you're able to then perhaps share the I guess not only the cost but the responsibility of um, promoting and uh, running that event and it doesn't just become a, a store event it becomes a, a community event 
Yes, absolutely. So you work with them and, and it's not just then on, on you to promote the event. So the speaker would promote the event to their database and to their contacts. And you could also come up with other partnerships. I mean, maybe there's the local medical centre who might be able to have some flyers on, on their desk. And in exchange, you can go, okay, you know, medical centre, what do you want in exchange? So if you have my flyers and you promote my event for you, what can we do for you? And sometimes it's just as simple as their logo on the event invitation, which at the end of the day is why we do partnerships as well because sometimes just the use of somebody else's logo on an event invitation can actually give your event a lot more credibility and you haven't had to pay for that credibility. Yeah, no, excellent. And I'm glad you mentioned invitations because I think typically in the past as well, you know, if we have been associated with banner groups or um, with other uh, franchises, um, we've quite often had to spend quite a number of amount, quite a large amount of money in promoting the event by, um, I guess, giving them the responsibility of generating the invitations and things like that. But I guess for smaller pharmacies that want to do these things themselves, um, could you share some, I guess, some tools? that they could utilize that um you know I, I guess as we talk about a lot on this show there's so much technology that's now available for small business owners and pharmacy owners um to be able to you know punch well above their their weight and uh any any uh i guess ninja tricks that you have around some of those tools oh my gosh i could talk for like two hours on ninja tricks around invitations <laughs> Um, okay, let me give you a couple. So I, the, the very best invitation that we created cost me $1 to make. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so let me explain. I, with every invitation, I include a photo or an image because it, it just speaks to the audience. So I jumped on Dollar Photo Club and we downloaded a photo for a dollar. Now, there are heaps of free stock photography sites out there. You can just Google like stock photography or free sites where you can actually download free images, royalty free, so you can use them in your marketing. Uh, so, once you've got your image, then it, if you have some sort of design background or also check out this website it's called canva so c-a-n-v-a.com we'll, we'll pop a link in the show notes to all yeah, of this cool. yeah amazing so we use this all the time where you can jump online they actually have event invitation templates where you can go and grab your free image drop it into the template and then it has little text text boxes where you can write your copy so a few quick tips for you if you're writing your event invitation. I was talking before about having that really great topic, so that killer title for your event that's going to appeal to that pain point, so they have to come and put the Band-Aid on. So we need a killer title. Then what I want you to look at putting is all the information that somebody needs to make a decision whether they're going to attend. So it has the date so include the day of the week. So don't make people look at, you know, what date the 15th of July is. So it might be, say, Thursday, the 15th of July. Here's the venue. Here's the time. So I know what the start time and the end time is. Is there available parking? This is a, a big decision-making factor for some people. So telling them all the tips about the event. And then also here are, I guess, three questions that I always put on my invitation. So who should attend? So they look at your invite and go, oh, 
yeah, that's me. I, I'm having that problem at the moment. This event is relevant to me. So who should attend? What they're going to learn as a result of attending your event. So this is the pool. This is why they're going to jump in their car and they're going to come out and spend, you know, two hours of their time with you. So what are they going to learn as a result of attending? And then why? Why should you attend this event? It is another great question to be answering on your invitations as well. Yeah, no, that's some great tips, Kim. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, just have even the, the thought process of going through that really does help to, I guess, even perhaps flesh out some of those, uh, I guess, complementary people that, um, you know, you may even not have thought of to get involved um, by really putting yourself in the space of who is actually coming along to the event. And, um, you know, I think typically in the past, we've probably just uh, put, a, put a generic title of uh, VIP night um, or uh, flu clinic um, and just the date and the time and uh, yes I've, I think you know a flu vaccine is, is a reason you'd reasonably have a good idea as to whether or not you needed it or not but there are specific risk groups that uh, don't often get mentioned in these in the promotion of that event and um, you know certainly uh, you know by p- putting that on there will really help to um, you know really hit the nail on the head in terms of who should come and who uh, who perhaps may may be interested but maybe they might look at for your next event um, and I guess Kim as well in terms of like getting the invitation ready and um, I guess through tools like Canva and um, our, uh, our our podcast covers are done through Canva and I, I love the tool personally um, that um, I, I guess when you when you look at it I guess you could get the image downloaded and just take it across to office works to be printed but you know in pharmacy we've got this great underutilized asset of um, our email database which comes from our loyalty systems and often we've got thousands of uh, email addresses so is it very easy then to just take um, that image and um, put it into we've spoken on the show very briefly in the past about using MailChimp for your email newsletter Um, but would a tool like that be suitable I guess for promoting the event as well oh definitely we use MailChimp all the time great tool drop in your images your invitation copy and it's just so simple to be able to then send your invitation out to your email database yeah, uh, fantastic, and and I guess also as well, um, you know, when when you start to look at that chain, and I guess you know, this is where the, um, the the process comes in. Is I guess you know, there's so many things you can then think about in terms of then getting people to register, and all the time that might you know actually take in store to actually get RSVPs from people. So you may want to think about some way of um, I guess improving the registration process um, so that you know who's going to turn up, particularly if you're having if you're having to run an event outside the pharmacy and you need to have specific numbers for the um, venue Um, but I guess you know and I guess we could talk about a lot of these tips and strategies and so forth and I know that uh, our listeners um, you know will be very very interested but I guess you know to cover off on everything we'd probably have to read in the entire copy of your book on this show and I know that our listeners won't uh, stick around for that so we'll put a link to your um, book which is that was the best event ever in the uh, show notes for our listeners to have a look at and then and grab themselves a copy but i guess what would be your your best or maybe your top three um you know processes or strategies that um you know you must absolutely have to to, i guess make that event as successful as it could be okay top three 
Put yourself in the shoes of your guests. A lot of the time when we're planning events, it all just becomes very process driven. We have to do this, we have to do that. And the guest is often, you know, forgotten about. So keep them at the forefront of your mind and think about the impression that you want them to leave with. Uh, Number two would be to have a great event invitation. So covering those topics that I spoke about because a lot of the time I see invitations to great events but you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, I don't really understand who should attend, what I'm going to get out of it. They haven't told me when the event finishes. So really get detailed with your invitation and think about all the things you would want to see in an invitation that would make you decide whether you want to attend or not. And then probably number three would be to have that really nice follow-up process. So how do people register to attend your event? So Eventbrite is a really great uh, great tool that you can use for free if you're holding free events. And if you've got a paid event, it's a small percentage of the ticket that you have to pay them. But this happens all online. It's all automated. You can send a confirmation email. So this is really important. Just because people RSVP to attend your event, it doesn't actually mean that they're going to turn up on the day. So you need to be in contact with them and send them a nice confirmation email saying, we look forward to seeing you next week. Here's the information. Here's where you can park. Here's a location map. And this is often forgotten as well. As soon as people get that RSVP, they're like, oh, that that person's coming to my event. And the reality is you still need to coach them through and, you know, be really lovely to them and say, this is how you're going to turn up on the day. It's going to be nice and simple so that then they actually turn up on the day of your event. Yeah, and I, I guess that's one of the biggest fears, isn't it? That, uh, And I know, I, know I, I went through this myself last year pre-book launches that, you know, how many people will turn up um, and, you know, you go to all of this effort and, and what if they don't? And I guess particularly if you're running a free event, um, you know, that's it, a case that, you know, I guess there's not much skin in the game for the people who register if they don't turn up. It's not going to cost them anything. So I guess in terms of... Um, you know, in terms of, I guess, getting a, get a better a better idea and making sure that mo- the most percentage of people would turn up, you know, is there one thing that you've seen work really well to, I guess, maximise that attendance rate? Yep. Okay. So you have to have an, a confirmation as soon as they register. Send them that beautiful document that says, here's the map, here's the parking location. And then also confirm with them three days before the event. And my number one tip to take out of that is to maybe limit the number of people at your event. So a line I often use is, this event is at full capacity. Please let me know if you're unable to attend because we can offer your place to somebody on the wait list. This gives you really great numbers. People will come back and go, oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't attend. And then other people, it will just give them that sort of onus on turning up because if they don't turn up, then maybe somebody's missed out. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess it, you know, straight away gives people that personal responsibility of I'm going to let someone down uh, if I don't. So, no, that's fair. that's a, that's, a, that's a great tip. Um keep and I, I guess you know, once we get to the event and um you know, obviously we run them and we do we we're doing them as we are now, but you know, what can we learn from the events as we uh, conduct them um to improve on them for next time and and you know, are there any tips you can recommend for I guess, you know, keeping that momentum going post event um you know we've been talking recently about obviously utilizing social media to promote our content within the pharmacy um but also creating videos only uh last week um you know are these the types of things that can help to continue the momentum um or is there something else you could recommend yeah great question you need to be thinking about what happens after the event before you even hold it. So if you're thinking about what you're going to do after the event and it's already happened, um, it is too late. You've got a captive audience at your event and you need something to sort of follow on with. What's worked really well for me in the past is sometimes you can send them a access to a few videos with more information on the topic that you've spoken about. Maybe it's a download of some presentation slides, maybe it's access to a special that only they get because they were in attendance at the event. So it's something that will just keep them in and say, hey, thanks so much for attending. I really appreciated your time. Here's an extra piece of information or a special for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, it comes back to that, yeah, as you mentioned right at the beginning of creating that purpose of the event and, uh, you know, really adding to that purpose, you know, not only pre-event, at the event and post-event. Um, and I guess that's going to help to, you know, garner some learnings for the next time you want to run that specific event, if it's for a particular season in preparation for hay fever, which we'll see pre-September. Um, it could be a whole range of um different things that you know will recur um, time and time again but uh, I suppose you know if you do it really well you then start to build a reputation for running fantastic healthcare events and uh, you know people want to then know what the next one is and uh, you know how they can uh, get involved next time if they've missed out. Yeah, absolutely. And testimonials will work really well with that. And, and don't make it too onerous on yourself. Even if you gain one or two testimonials from somebody who attended each event, you know, then on your next invitation, you can use that and say, this is what somebody said about attending. You know, the, the great example is, um, I guess, eBay. You know, we, we trust these strangers and we buy things based on strangers' reviews and it's really powerful to be able to use a testimonial on an event invitation as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, Kim, as, as, as we keep evolving, there's more technology that's developed, more social platforms, more ways of uh, creating more content. We're only hearing now that by the end of 2017, 80% of the internet traffic's going to be video. So I guess, you know, where do you see the future of um, events in, for small business? We're starting to see a lot of virtual events where people will not only host a physical event, but they'll capture it online as well. But I guess what do you see coming ahead and um, how do you see that, I guess, being relevant for a small business like a pharmacy? Well, I, I see 
face-to-face events as almost the future of, of marketing because we are, we're using all of this technology and more and more businesses are holding events. I've seen it, it it's trending, like we're just sort of seeing the wave. A lot of it dropped off in the GFC. They're like, oh, we're not spending the extra money and now people are realizing it. So I think that if small business can jump on board and and ride this wave before it even arrives, you're going to be in such a better position um, because people are going to catch on to it and they're going to start running more and more events. So if you can start running them now, you position yourself in in your area as the thought leader, then all the better for it. Now, fantastic. Now, thanks, Kim. I appreciate all the tips you've been able to share with us. There's been so many actionable things that we'll be able to utilize in running our next events in pharmacy. And uh, we look forward to uh, following your journey and uh, inviting you back in the not too distant future. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kim. Well, I've got no doubt that no matter what stage your pharmacy's at in running events, whether you're a pro doing it every single month or you're doing them a couple of times a year, there was so much to take away from our chat with Kim Hesse today. My big takeaways, well, my three key learnings, the first one is purpose. It's so imperative that our event has a clear purpose. I think so often we've relied on titles like VIP nights, beauty sampling nights, product sampling days where a supplier will come in and offer free samples of whether it's ISO way or any other perhaps nutritional product that we've offered in the past. It could be zinc testing as well. It needs to have a clear theme and a purpose to be able to determine what outcome we actually want from the event as well. It's no point just doing them for the sake of doing them. We need to know what we want. So if it's about trying to define your pharmacy as the authority and the hub for cold and flu throughout winter, then a zinc testing element could be this is how you prevent your colds and flu by having your zinc levels at this level. Here's how you can find out where you sit right now. So you're dealing in different phases as well. And as Kim spoke about, it's about defining what patients want to get people in the door for your events. That may not be what they absolutely need, and this is where our expertise comes in, as in as soon as someone cuts themselves, they go straight to a Band-Aid. But depending on the depth of the wound and the colour and so forth, we may need to give them a better wound dressing to play on that example. So it really is then about using our expertise to give them what they need so that they walk away from the event with an unforgettable experience and leaving feeling confident that they have visited the community authority. The second key learning I had was it doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg. There were so many different tips and tricks that Kim shared with us, and they were ninja tactics because they're things that we wouldn't always think about, whether it's using technology, using tools like Dollar Photo Club, creating invitations for a dollar, uh, using tools like Canva, where you don't need to be a graphic designer to get a great-looking invitation and uh, marketing material that you could have printed off at Officeworks or somewhere nearby and utilizing your loyalty database as a way of getting out to your customers rather than having to you know do that letter drop box which costs an arm and a leg to do it as well as leveraging your strong community around you whether that be healthcare partnerships supplier partnerships to help fund the cost of the event and also help you promote it so that you don't have to do all that grunt work and the third key learning is event follow-ups and reminders are the key to a successful event. 
absolutely crucial. I think we we undersell the use of reminders and follow-ups in our clinical care. We know that we get a better compliance rate of medication adherence when we remind people to come and get their medicines. We've seen that through the SMS reminders. Same thing with the events as well. We need to be constantly in touch. We can't just get a reply back, particularly if it's a free event, and assume that people are coming along the way. Particularly if you have to have catering, the room size is limited. There are so many different tips and tricks that Kim shared with us of how we can maximize that, whether it's using tools like Eventbrite or even just uh, you know sending out a reminder card or an email um, to, to get people to understand, I guess, what the... Uh, venue is through a map and making it very, very clear and leading them to uh, the event and keep reminding them about what the purpose is as well so that they can connect with it very, very strongly. I know after that, it's so important and I know Kim says that events are the future of marketing, particularly face-to-face ones and I tend to agree, but as we've spoken about in recent weeks through social media and video, what a great platform to capture all of that and then share it out uh, with our community so that they then start wondering what are these events about and why is this pharmacy such an authority on these topics, particularly when we're right in the middle of winter and cold and flu is an absolute necessity for everyone. Well, that brings us to our transformation motivational quote of the week, which comes from the audiobook I'm currently listening to, The Second Machine Age. And you can grab a free copy courtesy of our show sponsors, Audible, by visiting audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. And the quote is from Arthur C. Clarke. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Absolutely love that. I think that perfectly encapsulates the entire Apple experience. Yet again, I am mentioning Apple for those who want to remind me, but absolutely everything that they do is indistinguishable from the magical experience that they create from the time you walk in to the time where you get greeted at the back counter because they've passed those electronic notes down to the back counter as Anderson and Nielsen taught us back in episode 63. Absolutely love that one. Don't forget, we've got a big show coming your way next week. As I mentioned earlier in this week's episode, we've got Jeff Green, who's going to be teaching us about the smart business exit. And just remember to register for your free webinar. That's right. It is 100% free and it's available for the first 100 registrants as well. And also a replay will be available for a limited time after the event if you can't attend as a pharmacist, lunchtime is never exactly 12 p.m. We all know that. So make sure you head across to robertstar.com forward slash business exit webinar and tune in to Jeff's interview next week. Don't forget Kim's resources. She's put together 16 videos that you can get hold of straight away and take away some of the best strategies she has and implement them simply into your pharmacy business straight away. But don't forget to leave a comment in the show notes if you've loved today's show. And also, if you have a comment for Kim, our guests like Kim are always happy to respond individually as Jules did last week with Adam and a number of others as well. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.